Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Scam Wow. I'm your host, Caitlin Brandick. I love scams and I love you. Thank you guys so much for listening. It has been another crazy week and I'm very excited to share part two of our episode about cryptocurrency and NFTs. But before we do that, I have a special huge thank you to say welcome to new listener Maria, whose daughter Chloe has already made three NFTs and she already has her own digital wallet. And I just want to say a shout out to Maria. Uh, Not only are you like a beautiful, talented actress, mother, singer, dancer, and children's book author, you have created a digital wallet already for your child to display your beautiful NFTs and put money towards her future. That is so smart. Not only are you thinking of your daughter, but you're smart enough to know how to do it in a way that is still incredibly confusing. Shout out to producer Kate's mom. I'm so happy you appreciated last episode. Kate texted me and told me. I hope this one makes sense. Shout out to Lydia. Hopefully this will make sense. (laughs) Okay, those are just all my completely like inside shout out connections, which completely ostracize everyone else listening. But you know, you know, I love you guys. I love our listeners. And we have some incredible Patreon patrons, which is a big deal. Patreon, I say over and over again, has helped me so much in my life. It's that extra income that I completely rely on and at times depend on and it helps me like this month is Lewis's birthday and we're celebrating and I am so grateful that we have you Patreon patrons that I can give you content for and that you also are helping me in my life. So I want to say a very special thank you from the bottom of my heart to Stephanie, Anna Marie, Nicole and I wanted to make sure I said thank you to Laura and Jordan and Amanda. So Thank you guys so much. I believe I probably, I might've thanked you guys before, but there's not enough thanking. I, I could thank you every single week. I could thank you a million times. Guys, if you want to join the grateful club <laughs> that I adore, it's Patreon at Scamwell Podcast. And we have clips and behind the scenes. And last month, I had two episodes come out. One was an episode that I never released because I had so many feelings about it. And so I was dying to hear. Thank you, Corey, for letting me know your feelings on it. I'm dying to hear what you guys think about the episode that was not released. So for you guys, we have a special Patreon scam. The scam is, and you know, I know everybody talks about it, everybody loves it. This scam are plants. Guys, I'm so sick of plants. And yes, I know, they save the world. They provide us oxygen, yada, yada, yada. They're like important. But here's the thing. The beginning of quarantine, I bought so many seeds and so many plants. And I still love a Gardener's World television show program on BBC. I still love other people's plants. But I clipped and I saved and I collected so many GD plants that now I'm not only a mother, a wife, a podcaster, someone dealing with sensitive skin. I am now taking care of all these effing plants. And it's it's great. You know, there's a bunch of them that I love. But if a plant's just going to turn around and die on you when maybe you're having a tough week and you forget to water it because, I don't know, the world's imploding, it's like, you know what, plant? What I don't need from you is to suddenly feel guilty that I can't keep your life afloat when I can't even keep my own life afloat. And that's what's happening. So here's the thing, guys. I've tossed a couple plants. I let a couple rot. And I'm okay with it. It went the way of the Tamagotchi. And if you have a collection of plants that you just cannot keep up with, you have my permission to say, bye-bye, planty. You know, maybe you weren't growing in nature because you wouldn't have actually survived. And we're all just fooling ourselves that you could make it in my house. (laughs) It's pretty mean and cruel. And uh, I know there's plenty of plant moms out there that are upset at me. But also, you have permission to move on and get a new plant or dump it and plant it outside and say, this was something I thought I could handle but I forgot to brush my teeth this morning, so I need to turn inward. 
Okay, that said, this episode is going to be so fun. We talk about NFTs, we talk about cryptocurrency. So just to catch everyone up, we're going to start a little bit where we left off last week, where we explain that in this new digital world, if you think of everyone's avatar, everybody has some crazy like Facebook community. We're now purchasing things to make our online presence look fancy. So I guess you could equate it to making a very fancy website. So that when people come to your website, they're like, wow, she must have spent a lot for a designer and engineer to create this website for her. That sort of clout and that sort of admiration for your online presence is what NFTs are. So (laughs) I hope you guys like this episode. Again, Sovereign Steven are saints. Message me. We're on Scamwap Podcast at Instagram, at Gmail, on all the places. And thank you again to Patreon patrons. Enjoy. I'm going to ask one quick question, then I want to move forward with what you guys did. But you were take, talking about screenshots with NFTs. Like, what isn't stopping me from creating my own little Farmville land with a screenshot of like a Banksy NFT that's not mine? Is anybody going to be able to tell the difference? Do people, when they walk into your digital space, go, well, let me double check if there's a certificate next to each of these items you have? Is that sort of what's happening? Well, when you buy the NFT, you're getting access to to this exclusive expensive version of Farmville right in in some cases so like in some cases it's just a forum where you're talking to other people so the board ape yacht yacht club where you buy like an av basically an avatar like an just an image of an ape wearing like a sailor's hat or bunny ears so or stupid, something yes. and then you get access only to like a basically a discord forum where you're just you know, talking to other people, like it's like AOL messenger (laughs) for like really rich people. Right. So you get a password, you pay a bunch of money to get a password to jump into a new AOL chat group and you have a funny hat on your gorilla costume. Okay. Right. So there's that one. And then there's, um, there's other NFTs that are like in what's called the sand sandbox and the website is like sand, isn't sandbox.com. I I don't know the address. But, But anyway, so, um, so in this other in another version, you would get access to what basically looks like um like a social Minecraft mm-hmm. sort of game, like and um which is like what Facebook is kind of trying to right. venture into with their with their metaverse rebranding. So it's just it's basically access to a chat room or like a like a video game social media like a social media video game, like playing a version of The Sims with your other rich friends. Okay. Oh yeah, and. Uh- to actually avoid getting uh, mm-hmm. scammed there, if you want to make sure you're buying the real NFT and not the fake NFT. Yeah, how do you know? It's all online. Yeah, so um, kind of like buying a lot of things that, online. It's, it's all about the reputation of who's selling mm-hmm. it, right? So uh, on these these marketplaces, the, the most popular one is is called OpenSea, and then you can see who the who the seller is. Mm-hmm. Maybe not anything that verifies who they are on there, but uh, you know, at best, their OpenSea account will link to maybe their Instagram or their Twitter. And if if they have uh, lots of followers on there, maybe you can fake followers. Of course, but it's it's like that with with any online thing. Like you don't know whether the Amazon reviews are fake. Right. Gosh, this is so confusing. It's so funny because. I think everyone involved in this is really enjoying that it's confusing for everyone else. And they're sort of giving themselves a big pat on the back. Like, we're so smart. We paid a bunch of money to like be in a chat room together. Like, it's a very bizarre thing because the confusion is also part of the allure that some people think is stupid and other people think they're too smart. So that's why nobody understands it. I feel like Bitcoin feels really safe. But I think like, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think Bitcoin feels safer because it has more of a track record. Like, that's more of a history. Yes, more hype behind it. But there are no guarantees with Bitcoin either. Totally. Yeah, I mean, that could crash too, or like another like quadriga sort of situation could happen. Because again. also you're not dealing with with banks, with like um, physical money. You're dealing with people that are experts with physical money, people that have a physical safe, like things that people have learned and understood that we have in our lives understood, like this is how you protect money and lend it out and give it. When you deal with digital money, you're dealing with a whole world of 
There also could be hackers, there's designers, there are artists that are all online that might have all of these skills that the average person doesn't even know is an opportunity, like that something is hackable or unhackable. Like that is also just something that's also brand new for people that are literally just understanding the social media world early, you know? Yeah. And that's like one of the other scams that, um, that people can be prone to. Well, so Andrew Wang is a writer for The Verge. And there's an article about that he wrote about how, so one of the scams is that, well, like you said, there's not really a customer service like right. desk at a bank that you right. can call for help, like especially if you lose your password or something. Mm-hmm. So one of the scams is that um, like on Discord, so just like a, a forum where people are chatting with each other, someone will say like, oh, I'm having trouble figuring out this thing with my NFT or my cryptocurrency. Does anybody have any suggestions? Or maybe this might even also happen on Reddit or something like that. And some people will come in and say, oh, I... Like in this one article with The Verge that Andrew Wang wrote, it was in Discord and this person like messaged the messaged this guy who was having trouble with um with royalties on his I think it's I think it was an NFT or cryptocurrency. I don't really remember, but so this guy posed as a, an open C like IT support mm. um person and and invited him into another private Discord chat with another customer service guy. And they were like, Oh yeah, we can totally help you with that. Just um can you screen share with us so we can help you troubleshoot? You know, just like an yes, IT person yes. would say. And this guy and they they were saying things that helped this guy trust them and and the guy that they um scammed was like pretty tech savvy. Right. And yet he you know, he, they were able to say the right things to get him to trust them enough to screen share. And then um, when he screen shared the QR code, so like you have a key to your, to your wallet, right. basically, okay. to your digital wallet. And, um, and he had the QR code for his key on his screen that he was sharing. So they screenshotted that and used that to unlock his account or unlock his wallet and steal everything and transfer everything away. And they did this within probably like five minutes while they were still like chatting with him and saying like, oh yeah. And they kept saying in the article, it says they kept calling him my guy. And he was like, that was the only red flag, you know, that they kept being like, oh yeah, my guy, we got you or something. And Yeah. And he even had uh, a two-factor authentication on there where it, it takes more than the key for, for his account. It would send something to his phone that he would have to verify. And because they, they had him live in this conversation, they were sort of explaining to him that uh, they're doing these these upgrades and that he should just approve when the, <gasps> when the request wow. for approval comes in. And he lost, was it five, I think it was half a million dollars, like US dollars. Wow. And then there's nobody yeah. to get these guys. They're not, they're not in trouble. They're not traceable. Uh, right. Yeah. They, um, yeah, there's no uh, no punishment or, or, or loss on their side. They they, they came out uh, better on the other end for that. Um, and there's another side of this game as well, where they sell their stolen things. And and on, on these marketplaces, there is a little bit of customer support of, of what they're willing to, to sell. So they, they will freeze things that they, they know are stolen so that they can't be re- resold any further. And the, the person who has just bought this stolen NFT, they're out of luck because they can't sell it anymore. Right. So then it just becomes something in their home, like a painting that no one will buy <laughs> sitting yeah. there on the wall that they want to get rid of. Okay. So there's also something called mining for Bitcoin that my friend's husband did a long time ago, which was, I guess, setting up his computer and he just earned coins that way. That's a whole, are people still mining for coins anymore? Or is it now just like putting US dollars in to purchase? Uh, people are still mining. It is mostly a big uh, institutional project. You're, it's not going to work on your on your home computer. Right. So if you can get like a whole warehouse of computers, then then that might work for you. But mining is, is built into these systems as the incentive to keep the, the computers running that process these transactions. O- otherwise, uh, you know, nobody would, would bother keeping this thing running. Okay, so the option that Bitcoin is giving people to basically like make your own money is also creating the world where Bitcoin is never stopping, like it's always continuous or something so that you don't lose the value right. of Bitcoin. So do you think it's just like a tactic of Bitcoin to keep going? Yeah, it's a way of paying people for running Bitcoin. Wow. Because the miners are the people that keep 
Bitcoin operate. Now, is there an infinite amount of Bitcoin or like can you mine and then it's over? There is not an infinite amount. There's a, uh, a uh, theoretically, there is a limit and the rate at which they uh, create new Bitcoins, it actually constantly diminishes. It's it's built into the design of the system to make it increasingly scarce. Like a pyramid scheme. Yeah, but you but like you can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. So like it, it's a lot like, you know, having a penny versus a dollar. Mm-hmm. And the reason that there's a limit to the amount of Bitcoin or, or the amount of cryptocurrency that's minted or made is that, you know, if I'm selling, like, I don't know, if I design like a, a luxury bike or a luxury mm-hmm. car or something like I've known, I don't know how to build a car, but say I build like five really cool luxury cars. If they're really great cars, that's going to be worth more than if I made a hundred or I made like an infinite, you know, I kept making cars every year. Right. Because of the scarcity. Yeah. The scarcity. So yeah. then with all of this, you guys made an NFT. How do you make an NFT? Do you just go into Microsoft paint and <laughs> make a smiley face and go, this is worth a million dollars. <laughs> That's yeah, what I would do. I, I'm the resident. <laughs> yeah, I'm the resident artist in this yeah. project, I guess. So I'm sure you didn't do that because you're smart. No, I mean, I, I, I what I did was not much more advanced than that. I love it. For, I hope Hermes doesn't sue me, but like, um, I don't think they can. Yeah, a photo of a Birkin bag that I just, you know, did some like digital art pixelation with just to make it like look in the style of a lot of these okay. NFTs and stuff, and um, and also I just think like. Cause you live, do you, you live in New York, right? Or yeah, I do. Yeah. It, okay. Yeah. Like, so you understand like how Birkin bags are like this ticket into like a certain social world. Yeah. And it's a lot to keep up. Like, I feel like you'd buy your Birkin bag and then you also then have to be able to afford lunch at the fancy club and all the clothes and all the things. Like it doesn't just stop with the purse. Then you're chasing this lifestyle yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, I was like, what's kind of an analog um, to like NFTs, like a real world, like physical analog. Yes, and I was like, yes. oh, Birkin bags. Like, yeah. So um, I thought that was pretty like a funny satire. So I, um, I yeah, I made this pixelated image and then, um, and then we created the, the accounts with. Um, yeah. So on OpenSea, it's actually really simple. You just go into your account and create an NFT, create a, uh, a wow. collection. It's, it's very, it's actually even easier than making a Facebook profile. So people can go here and purchase them. So there's like millions of options. Right. And I have to tell you, like, um, Stephen wanted to buy an NFT as research for this. Um, because, and because we're such skeptics about it, yeah. we haven't bought any you know, NFTs previously. And he was about to like transfer like actual US dollars to Ooh. buy, you know, the Bitcoin so stress buy or yeah. the cryptocurrency. And I was just like, wait, no, oh my God. Don't like, do it for this no, podcast, gonna, guys. Do it don't for yourself. Do it with your debit. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> don't do it with your debit card for God's sake. Like, yeah. And uh, so I just got really paranoid and we didn't end up buying an NFT, but we did create the, um, the Birkenbag NFT. And so to answer your question, like, I, w- I guess I would have to like build like a platform and maybe I'll do this, but also like, I don't feel comfortable like charging a lot. So I don't know. It would be like, it would be like the Birkenbag NFT sandbox for poor people. I love <laughs> like, that. Like, <laughs> That's wonderful. Cause it's like, I'd have to build a platform for basically like the counterfeit Upper East Side game or something, which actually yeah. sounds kind of fun to me. It would be like sex in the city for poors I or love something. It. Love it. <laughs> I promise I won't scam anyone. No. I am not greedy enough to do that. No, you're too <laughs> genuine. So some of these creators have like a blue check next to them, like they're verified M- NFT creators. Do you know anything about that? Like do you have how to be verified? Yeah, uh, that's kind of a scam in and of itself too, because, you know, as a journalist, I have applied to Twitter. I, I know a lot of other journalists and a lot of other like really amazing women programmers and black programmers who have tried to like get verified by Twitter and they get denied for whatever reason. And then there was also like um, Twitter verified like a fake, the author Cormac McCarthy. Mm -hmm. And that caused like a huge issue too, because all these hundreds of thousands of people followed this fake account. But yeah, so, so basically like Twitter verification is another way to hype up the legitimacy of people selling NFTs. So I don't know that, I mean, it's, it's hard to say that you should trust 
someone just because they have a blue check on Twitter. But it feels like on social media, I do trust people that have a blue check. I'm just used to it. Like the blue check is very like I know. automatic at this point. You're just like, oh, they're they're yeah. verified by something. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, and, and, and I, I see that there are blue checks on OpenSea. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's related to the Twitter blue checks though. That's what I was confused about. It says verified collection when you click on it. Yeah, so I mean, it's like it's hard to say because, like, for example, I applied for you know, verification on Twitter and was denied, even though I check all the boxes as a journalist. You do, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and they denied me for whatever reason. And then I know a lot of other journalists, especially like people of color and women who are like not given the verification by Twitter for whatever reason, there's like, it's a real problem that I don't know why they discriminate that way, but it seems to be true. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. And like, all of it you have to give so much of your information you have to give like all your private yeah i had to provide my um my like driver's yes. license and i was like this feels really sketchy really shady. <laughs> but yeah it is okay so when whether you're verified or not on a place like open you can put up you know is your nft live can i see it yeah i think you can <laughs> i love it let's see if this shows up if you type in birkin bag this is the first time i searched for it um, oh yeah, gosh, it it's, it's the okay. first result. If you look up Birkenbag, you'll what? you'll see that there's a collection named Counterfeit Birkenbags. Okay. Uh, with an item in it named Brown Leather Birkenbag. I see that. That is our NFT. Anyone can make an offer. Now it says under item activity, it says minted with like a little. What does that mean? That means that we made it yesterday. That is the creation of it. The creation of it, and that it has a dollar amount with it. Well, I, I don't think make, it has a dollar. You have to yeah. make an offer. So I think okay. like, so like, again, going back to like the demand or like the commodification, like, um, like the more people who are interested, I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that the value would increase. And so far, the only people who have looked at it is, is you and us. So I love it. <laughs> it's, so not, it's probably not going to be worth very much right now. Let's say it has a couple views. Does that make it more valuable or is it only valuable when people start bidding on it? That's a good question. I don't know how the algorithm works exactly, okay. but I would assume so. Like probably um, both. It's probably combined. Yeah. Yeah. I think hyping it up on social media and, and getting some some collaborators yeah. to promote it is, is really the, the so way really, that So really, like, do you know Reese Witherspoon's number? Like, because if she can, if she can promote my Burke, my counterfeit Burke. I and- don't. And I don't want to get involved. I, I agree with you. I'm just like, there's something going on. I'm like, Reese, stick to your book. <laughs> stick to your Oscar. You're doing fine. You don't need to get involved in NFTs right now, Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> You're doing great. No, uh, no hate to her. Like, no, I, but yes. just please stay away. You're going to get scammed. So for this, if let's say somebody then makes an offer on this, if they make an offer as the owner, do you wait until there's multiple offers to sell it to somebody? Or how many of these exclusive images of the bag did you make? Oh, there's only one. Well, I, I made several images, but we only made one into an NFT so far. Okay. But, but, the, but the short answer is, I don't know. Do you know? There's, there's no limit, I think, to the amount you can make. But for just this yeah. one? Yeah, the most popular collections have a finite number in them so that they have some scarcity to it. But uh, we've only added one one Birkin bag to our collection here. <laughs> it's very scarce. It's very valuable. I love it. That makes yes. it even fancier. So, so let's say somebody purchases it. If I would purchase it, I would say give you like three dollars because that's all I have for this Birkin bag. Then would I then also put it on this network to say somebody can buy it from me? Like once you buy something, are you constantly showcasing it to also be sold? That's a really good question because that's a question that I've had like in this article I'm writing. Is there a resale market? Is there like a, a thrift market yeah. for NFTs and, and everything? And I don't know that it's been around long enough to answer that conclusively, but so yes and no. Because if something's value goes up, then you would assume if the value is up, you would sell it to receive that value. Yeah, but also you risk buying it from someone who has stolen it and you didn't know it was stolen and then it gets frozen by the original owner and then <sighs> you've lost, you, you've just spent money on something that doesn't exist even more than it didn't exist before. <laughs> yes, I know. And so when you own it, and the value goes up, it's just something that you show people, look how valuable this is, period. Just like showcasing art or something. I think that like five years ago, you know, that was the value. But I think now it's more access into like these online communities, like on Discord and Sandbox, which is the one that kind of looks like a, 
like a Minecraft Sims. I see. So it was sort of just to have these and have your self-esteem or whatever the value that you attached to it was. But now people are purchasing NFTs as part of like a ticket to get into something else. Like it's like a yeah. Yeah. an avatar. You pick your avatar. That's your ticket. That's your payment to get into a certain club. Now, what's so funny is that I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to be purchasing or selling or making NFTs that also have no idea that there's these clubs involved. <laughs> like I think it's so funny. It's like it's as if you're at like a Christmas market selling ornaments and everyone's buying these ornaments, but no one knows the ornaments actually unlock a door in the back to go into another market. Right. And that's the case with my with the Birkin bag NFT because I haven't like created that for it. So no, so it's this isn't a tool for anybody. It's just for somebody to have their fake Birkin and you only have one of them. I love it. I love the exclusivity. <laughs> I think it's so fancy. Also, I love that it's like incredibly blurry. <laughs> the image of this is so oh, yeah, it's pixelated. That's yeah. what it is. And that's what that's what is like part of the whole NFT thing. It is. It's this like pixelated idea that it's just like a funny, such a funny thing to me, this like pixelated blurry thing. Now, can I use this NFT if I downloaded it and I created a Sims world? Can I have my Sims person walk around in it? Can you apply it to other programs? Is that a thing? Like do NFTs travel? I don't think you can do that. Like you right can use this as your avatar in OpenSea. Oh, you can use it as an avatar. Definitely. Yeah. Like it could be your avatar hanging out in these forums, okay. but I wouldn't have any part in like creating that game or world. And you can't take NFTs into other games. like So like the programs don't really mesh is my question too, like or my thought. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't tried that. Yeah. Um, but you can definitely screenshot it. Like you can see that this image is visible on the website and you haven't paid for it. It's just anybody who searches for it will, will find it there. And there's no actual ex- exclusivity. All, all you get, you're, you're basically buying the receipt for it. Yes. But but to answer your question, I, I was too scared to have us actually spend real money yes, on course. an NFT. So so we haven't explored like how the different platforms work exactly. So honestly, I don't know. So yeah, and sorry. That, that's no, 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 this is okay. Nobody knows anything. Literally, never say sorry. I don't <laughs> know what I'm even, I don't even know if my questions are real questions. It's all in this digital universe. <laughs> You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. When somebody is on something like TikTok and showing like my NFT sold for $100,000 or whatever, is that because they've put something that's like in the zeitgeist or that they pick something? It's so weird. Like when, when somebody's creating these NFTs, they say that they create versions with different color backgrounds or different faces or something that goes viral because it's a caricature everybody likes. Now, how would somebody get popularity to have that NFT be sold? Do they have to be in these clubs and groups to begin with? Yeah, that's actually the biggest thing that helps is to already be an influencer, right? Like if you're already popular on TikTok, there's a good chance that your NFTs are are going going to be valuable just because you have the ability to promote them. And I haven't joined the 
the board yacht club but i believe that uh, for people who really want to hype up their nfts and, and network with people who can help them sell them better those exclusive clubs for for people who are really interested in nfts are you know where that communication happens where you can meet people who can help you make more money on nfts and i i'm wondering too if somebody in these clubs and in this stuff if they themselves do you have to sort of be a part of this computer program to make an NFT for that computer program? Like, is it that these companies like the Sims are hiring specific people to create the avatar? I don't know if that makes sense. I, I think that you can use one of the avatars that you've, I guess like a, like a way to describe it would be like a version of Facebook where you have to buy an account that comes with an avatar. Okay. To have access to it. This is so fascinating, you guys. Because I'm looking now. I'm looking online at all the other Birkin bags that people are technically selling, and there's ones that are very pixelated. There's ones that look like just a photo. So there's one. There's called a bit bag. Hashtag number sign one, and it's the current price is point one two, and that is four hundred and ninety three dollars. Wait, is what's the what are the letters after it? Oh, ETH. So that's Ethereum. That's how much Ethereum, like currently at this exact moment in time, that's how much ex- is exchanged for in US dollars. No, that's the fraction of, of a well, single yeah. Ethereum. No, 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 I know. Yeah. So it's like, it's like a penny. A fraction. Of, yeah. Like it's like how much of a penny of Ethereum is worth in US dollars. I'm just wondering, like, what do you do when you buy it? You can't, I want it to be worth that much money. Who's the one making the money? Is it the creator of the NFT or is it the person purchasing it? It seems like the creator of the NFT is the person who would get that. Who's making money off of them? Yeah, a, a lot of it is the artists creating those. The people who are designing these these collections, they are making a lot of money off of it, and they uh, are getting royalties when they are resold. It's it's built into uh, that system there, so that when it's resold, they can get a certain percentage of it. And in some cases, the resellers are making money, and it's really all all over the place. So. Explain that to me more because you were saying, Sapper, that you weren't sure what the resale value is, but is that common that people are just selling them back and forth? Well, no, that I mean, the thing is, is like the resale, you don't necessarily know if it has been stolen and that right. the original person who owned it. So like, say the first buyer, uh, let's call him Joe or something, buys this NFT and then it gets stolen from him, like in that situation we described with the people pretending to be yes, IT support. Yes. And then they resell it. And, you know, uh, the second person is named like John or something. So John has bought it thinking that it's not stolen, um, reports it as stolen and gets that NFT frozen. And then um, John would suddenly like lose access to it because it's now frozen and has like no recourse. And I mean, like you can't really call any authority because like I've read about how most police officers don't really even understand how Lyft and Uber works. So like if you're going to, like how are you going to get anyone to try to help you with that? Is there a world where like other crypto people band together and help each other out? I feel like there's going to be like a vigilante crypto police. Yeah. Well, they, they can't really... Um, do anything like like punishment like vigilantes will do but people in these uh, cryptocurrency movement communities they often try to support the people who've been scammed so they will uh, donate some of their cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. or or some of their nfts to to help make them whole yeah but but i have to like i have to like reframe this as basically people are reinventing money Mm -hmm. reinventing banks and now they're also reinventing police Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I mean, the police definitely need to be reinvented, but yeah. maybe not in this way. <laughs> Fine. This is the only time they're getting reinvented. All the other horrible things happening and they're like, let's reinvent them over <laughs> fake pixels. Okay. So I think we I just want to make sure we're covering everything. Anybody out there, if you want to create an NFT, you have to basically create an account with something like OpenSea, your image up there, go through. How long did it take you to create the NFT? Oh, um, like... 10 minutes, okay. I really think. I mean, yeah. it took some research, but yeah, it's pretty easy. Okay. And then once it's there, did you have any options to like advertise on OpenSea? Like, are they saying like boost your post or anything? I, I actually haven't tried that yet. It I've really discovered that, it, that it is easier to create an NFT than it is to buy one for the first time. Yes, that sounds like it. Okay. Yeah. And then is there anything else burning that you think that if someone's confused, 
if somebody, let's say, does want to get in, they don't want to get duped and they want to do it like the safest way and not waste a ton of time, what would be your suggestion for that? So as far as like buying NFTs, because creating an NFT, there's not really any risk for you, I think. But like buying an NFT, there are certain wallets. You have to be really tech savvy and a programmer to build your own wallet, like digital wallet. So like it's a lot easier to use these services that are basically like reinvented banks in a way that are not regulated. So there are certain wallets that are more trustworthy and that might change over time. So like I recommend doing research and like reading you know, Reddit threads and um, and other things to see like, oh, has this wallet been hacked before? So is a wallet a company? Like you do your wallet, like a bankofamerica.com or something. It's your digital wallet. Yeah, your your wallet both is where your, your cryptocurrency money is. And it's also your identity in this uh, NFT cryptocurrency okay. world. And I hesitate to like vouch for any wallets because, you know, that could change tomorrow. Like they might get hacked or something. So I don't want to like endorse a specific wallet to use. But yeah, so definitely like research what's been going on and everything. But and then also like you, there's really no customer service. So you cannot lose, like don't lose your password, but especially don't lose what I'm trying to remember the, I'm forgetting the name. Oh, there's a secret phrase, which is just basically a longer password made right. out of uh, English words. Wow. Okay. Can we say what the first three words of ours is? Because it's not like we're going to use it. Like, I don't actually um, want to buy anything. <laughs> I I think the, the first two words of ours was trap downfall. <laughs> and that's... Um, that's not a good sign. It's very ironic, right? <laughs> Dear God, help me. I'm doing a stupid thing right now. It will probably be my sentence. <laughs> yeah, because it was automatically generated. Like we didn't come up with that. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I feel like that's like the troll, like warning you not to go into this cave. That's so funny. <laughs> yes. And when you did this, did you have to give anything like of your current physical identification like did you have to give you a social an address a phone number like anything where somebody could then find you for creating the nft no but to be able to buy the nft you have to get ethereum and to to get ethereum you have to buy it on one of the marketplaces and most of them the the reputable ones are are based in the united states and they are now uh, trying to follow some of the know your customer laws that banks have to, so that there is a delay where they they will want to see some of your identification, maybe your social security number, wow. uh, so that they can verify uh, who you are. Okay, and then you said there's a bunch of anonymity around all of this for people creating accounts. How is that happening with people if they don't give their social and stuff like that? Yeah, so that is with people who are uh, creating. And, and managing their own uh, cryptocurrency wallets. So they're not using one of the regulated exchanges for it. Okay. Because like you're giving your identity to the, for lack of a better word, like wallet company that's like built these wallets for these digital wallets for people. But like, um, but on the, on the blockchain, like that's anonymous, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like, so you're basically trusting this, this company that's built a digital wallet with all of your, information like you said because the other reason that we didn't end up buying an nft was because it was going to take i think three to five days to verify us uh yeah we we did our homework at the last minute and, oh who uh, hasn't i did mine this morning yeah. you're great <laughs> no that's fine that's so fascinating okay so should i buy <laughs> should i sell i need to somehow make a certain amount of money because i feel like i'm going crazy what would you advise me a novice jumping into all of this to not and to not get scammed. Oh, to buy or to sell? Either. Like, what should I do? What would you advise somebody who needs to just make some money? Well, uh, your best bet would be to sell rather than buy. You can't okay. really lose anything that way. But when I sell that money that they give me, it's not American dollars. It's a crypto thing, and I'd have to put that in my crypto wallet. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So when you get the money, it would be cryptocurrency. And can I check out right away? Like, can I trade in those coins immediately for American dollars? I think so. Yeah. I mean, well, they'd have to be worth enough. I mean, it yeah. would probably be worth enough, but it would obviously have to like exchange into at least like a dollar or something, probably. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to have at least enough for a physical dollar. Yeah, for a physical dollar for the 
you know, Bitcoin ATM to print out something for you. Gosh, guys, this is so silly. This is so silly. And what's really embarrassing is that in 10 years, we're, I'm going to look like such an idiot because I'm just trying to figure it out now. And my son's going to be like, oh, yeah, mom, crypto, bipto, schmipto. Like we have it in school now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be the most simple thing. But it makes no sense. Okay, so if you were going to con someone, what is the easiest way to con someone in crypto? Uh, I mean, I think to like pretend to be IT support, if you know how to like transfer it to your own wallet, if you, that would be a way to hack. Um, I also think like, you know, being a social media influencer and hyping an NFT that you've created. Yeah. Hyping it and just like marketing it. And most of the, the ways to scam people are actually just new variations on the classics. Uh, yeah. Impersonating somebody who is trustworthy, who creates things that you would want to buy from. Like the the fame lady squad who convinced like maybe hundreds of thousands of women that they were buying into this community of women's empowerment. And it was actually like three Russian guys. Well, called lady squad. There's a red flag. It's like another hashtag girl boss. We don't need those. Okay. (laughs) Right, right, right. Uh, Well, and then I guess like another scam is um, like the example I gave with my brother, which was for cryptocurrency, like he and his friends, you know, I would never do this. But if you were to scam someone, I don't know, I feel guilty even saying that. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> but like, but, but like you could like tell someone who isn't tech savvy, like, oh, here's a string of letters and numbers. This is your key. And it's not, it's just a letter. It's just a string of letters and numbers that doesn't do anything at all. But to someone who's not tech savvy, to someone who is like a lumberjack, who doesn't, who uses a computer once a week, like they're going to be like, oh yeah. Then they maybe brag to their friends like, oh, I own crypto. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. And, but they don't own anything and you've just scammed them. It's it's basically like counterfeit money. Like right. if you pay for something with like a fake 20. It all feels like counterfeit money because I don't know who's in charge of it. Like it doesn't feel like, right. <laughs> it all feels like counterfeit because it's like, I don't know, like six smart guys on the internet are telling me it's worth something and seven are telling me it's not like I just think it's it sounds so fuzzy and yet everyone's making you feel ignorant if you don't know it (laughs) like it's so confusing yeah no I I mean I think that's totally accurate and and you might be right like maybe in um you know 10 years your son will like be paying for lunch you know with with crypto but it's um but I mean, I also have to say, like, other than the environmental, not to sound like all on my soapbox, no. but like, other than the environmental, like, impact of the carbon footprint of these transactions, you also, I, I think, um, you know, with a lot of businesses already in the U.S., like, already going cashless, like, it's hard sometimes to go, at least in Seattle, it's hard to, like, buy coffee even if you don't have a debit or a credit card Mm. or apple pay or whatever and for people who like for whatever reason you know maybe because of their credit or something like they can't have a credit card and so therefore they can't buy a cup of coffee in seattle like at Mm -hmm. a lot of coffee shops they're cashless part of the reason for that is like they don't want to have any money in case they get robbed, you know, or held up or something. But it's it's basically like locking out a whole group of people who don't have access to credit cards or Apple Pay for whatever reason. Like maybe they don't have a smartphone, they can't afford it or something. Mm -hmm. Or yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's like, we're already kind of in a edging out people, the 1.0 version yeah, yeah of a cashless society. And it, there's a lot of inequity to that. Completely. Well, New York City has tons of cash only shady places you can go. So if anybody in Seattle's like, how do I figure this out? Just come to New York. There's <laughs> lots of cash only. Well, yeah. And if you if you do end up making a ton of money on your NFT, like I can help you cash out at the liquor store, the Bitcoin ATM Thank in you. Seattle. And then you can like, just mail me the money in a weird envelope that somebody will definitely open. Oh my God. Oh, that's what happened with Quadriga. That's literally how they were cashing out. They were mailing envelopes of money to people. Like when you, like, yeah, sorry. I just had to mention yeah, that. That's so amazing. Quadriga, the, the one that like, um, so. where the, the founder is accused of faking his death. Like when he was still like actually letting people cash out, he would just mail them a huge envelope of money in the regular post mail. <gasps> wow. That's insane. Okay. So 
with your NFT, I'm sure you've already answered this. Did you create it in like a special computer program or did you just... It was just a photo editing app. Yeah. It was like, because you you made a joke about, oh, did you use like MS Paint? And I was like, basically, yeah. Yeah, because that's <laughs> what I think I will do. I'm going to do like an MS Paint smiley face and it will be of no value to anyone, but I'll be proud. Or your son's it. artwork. That's how, true. How is he at painting? He's <laughs> wonderful, actually. He's really great. And so people with, with NFTs, so they these artists, they do quite make it complicated, I believe, is that I've seen that they have multiple layers, like multiple images upon images that then creates the final NFTs. I think that's a way of also locking the value in it. Is that, have you heard of that at all? Like multiple codes? I mean, you can still, you can still, still take a screenshot. I know. And I mean, so the multiple layers is just like a kind of a security feature, basically, because yeah, it's just like different layers of code. And, and I don't want to give anybody a headache going into how that works, but, but I know someone who did create that. Actually, I, another person I've interviewed, you know, made a lot of artwork while he was in prison. And, and he like recently like found this box with all the artwork that he made while he was in prison for, for stealing food when he was homeless, by the way. Yeah, of course, not fair. And so he's made an NFT of like this artwork that he made when he was in prison and is, and he thinks it's like really ironic to sell that. Like it would be like, poetic justice I completely guess, to make a bunch of money from it but but Stephen also has like a classmate from college who is because there are artists who are saying like oh nfts are the answer to artists making money right and be and a livable like salary yeah there are legitimate artists who are taking advantage of this basically um selling their physical artwork as they usually did except they uh you know, they'll tie it to the to the NFT so that if somebody buys the NFT of of the real painting, okay. then then they'll actually mail it out to them. So um, you know, there's nothing new about buying a painting, but it's it's a way of, of getting marketing. yeah, it's a way of marketing. It's a way of getting cryptocurrency enthusiasts to spend more money on art, which is great for artists. Great. Yeah, and I mean we could contact his friend and be like, hey, can we just buy your your painting with Venmo instead, and he'd probably say yes. And so, when you buy it with an NFT, I guess you also get a digital copy plus a, a digital certificate plus the physical painting. In some cases, in some cases, yeah, if there is a physical painting, the artist will send that to you too. Guys, this is amazing. But but the digital copy, like I said, the digital copy you okay. can just screenshot. Oh my gosh, this is so confusing, and yet also just it's like we're playing the game of life or monopoly you're just like playing with like pretend money and it's almost as if a bunch of people got together and they're like okay we're gonna make this fake thing which is basically what america is like a bunch of people getting together saying we're gonna take over this country and decide what we're doing with it but um yeah that it is so fascinating and totally crazy and you guys are experts and I'm so grateful. And I know we're going to have plenty of questions here. So guys, I want you to reach out to us and then I'm going to bombard you, Safra and Stephen, with all of the questions, if anybody has any NFT questions. And I just wish that you guys make a ton of money. I want you guys to be super <laughs> suddenly rich. Well, I mean, I do have ideas for like possibly building like a video game platform for the, I don't know, basically like an Upper East Side Sex in the City video game with the Birkenbacks. Do it. Yeah. And if anybody wants to buy our, <laughs> our real NFT of a knockoff of a Birkin bag uh, in, and spend uh, the amount of money that it takes to buy an actual Birkin bag, we will accept it. Yes, they will. I also feel so guilty. Oh, my God. It is a scam. But <laughs> it is a scam, if, but if, if you want to buy our scam. It, we, like... will, we will accept it. But honestly, I don't know if it is a scam because if somebody does value that, like we're talking about something we don't necessarily understand enough to value or something that in our experience, we haven't had value with it. But if somebody is listening going, no, this is a tool I can use and I will have the way to monetize this and value it. It's not really a scam if they're going to benefit from it as well. If both parties, we, it feels yeah. scammy because we don't fully understand what we're talking about. But if you fully understood, like if I was saying I baked this pie, it's a really good pie. It's a literal pie piece of pie and I'll sell it to you and I know it's really great. That's not a scam me selling something that I made. But for this, because there's such murkiness behind it, it feels dangerous or it feels like dishonest. But you you made that fake Birkin bag. Nothing wrong with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean like <laughs> like you said, it feels like gambling, but but also like I think like, yeah, there's a really a question of like how do you define a scam and the value of something because like actually really recently I was almost scammed and Steven was like, you are not spending money that like, oh my gosh, like this is a scam. And I was like, well, but if I, if I want it, if I want to be scammed, is it still a scam? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, mm -hmm. there's just like, 
Yeah, I'm really, I was 15. If you want to buy into it, if you want to be a part of the whole thing, like, is it still bad? Yeah. Yeah, it was so expensive. And I'm really glad I didn't spend the money on it because it, because Stephen was right. It was a scam, but I still wanted it. <laughs> I know, guys. That's a story of my life. I want everything. I, my wants and needs <laughs> list does not make sense. And I want a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, thank you so much. It's amazing. You are such gems. You've been speaking with me for like an hour and 40 minutes. It's the kindest, kindest thing for you to take time to clarify everything for all of us. And I'm thrilled. I'm going to go make an NFT right now. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, yeah. Send us the link. And also like I should shamelessly, speaking of marketing, I should shamelessly plug the fact that I'm in an anthology that's coming out in March. Yay. It's called The Women of Genji Cohen. Like, um, as in like Orange is the New Black and Weeds yes. and all of those really great shows that Genji Cohen created. And yeah, I have a, a chapter in there that I'm really proud of. I spent so much time researching. It's like about um, the the Weeds theme song that Melvina Reynolds wrote, like um, Little Boxes on the Hillside. Suffer, I'm so happy. Thank you. Yeah. And, and it's also about like... Um, the last 500 years of genocide in California. So, you know, really uplifting stuff. Like, hell yeah. But you worked, you're really hard on it. So I'm so excited. I'm definitely going to share everything I can. Awesome. Yeah. And there are so many other really talented writers who are in the anthology and it's coming out in March. And so you can like pre-order it on like Bookshop or Powell's or like, you know, The Strand or whatever bookstore you like. Yeah, I'm really proud of it. And and also, if you have questions, like I'm on Twitter at Sabra M. Boyd. Yes, amazing. You guys are incredible. Will you send me that link so people can find the book, Sabra? Oh, and for order. sure. Thank okay. you. Yeah. I love you guys. I don't want to stop talking, but I'm sure you have a full day <laughs> that you have to do. You guys are incredible. Thank you so much for ask, answering all my questions and letting me interrupt you a billion times. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Scanwell Podcast Season 2 is produced and edited by me, Caitlin Brodnick, produced and edited by Caitlin Moldenhauer, and edited by Jesse Karen. We are part of the More Banana Podcast Network, which is an all-female-owned and run network for women's voices uninterrupted. If you love us, the best thing you can do is rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. It will help us tremendously. Thank you guys so much for listening, all of your support. We're so happy to have you here, and we will see you next week. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.